0: Happy New Year,
1: everybody. We're back. Casual Couch Critics Podcast, Episode 4. Zach, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, let's go! 2024, we made it. We took a yeah. bit of a break. It was my fault, not Zach's. I got COVID. <laughs> Turns out COVID still a real thing. Turns out, also... Uh, makes you very tired for a long time. Mm. So that plus Christmas holidays and New Year's and uh, as you would say all that jazz, let us do a bit of a hiatus. But we're planning. To, we're going to restart the momentum. We we got three weeks in a row. You know we're, we're back we're back on 2024 New we, Year New US New couch. We're back. We're ready. We're going to
0: triumph. This is going to be. The greatest, most casual movie podcast
1: in the world. The most casual, with the biggest banner that says Introduction. <laughs> that is <laughs> an actually large banner. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, like we said, I was sick, but uh, last time we talked, we were previewing kind of the Christmas season, Wonka and Godzilla. We've both seen those movies since then. Turns out we were right. They were very good and very dominant at the box office. Wonka still continues to roll. So I feel like we ended 2023 on a high note on this podcast. Definitely, definitely. Um, and what better way to celebrate what was in 2023 as our first bonus feature content of 2024 by talking about what was the 2023 box office success that we saw, I have some numbers here for you. You know, okay. spoiler: I'm not going to give everyone your address, but we both live in Canada, the North. We the North, as people would say. And the Canadian box office did very well yeah. this year. Um, there's uh, the Movie Theater Association of Canada reports. Canadian box office revenue rose to $897 million last year, up 34% from $674 million in 2022, um, continuing a Hollywood box office recovery, still falling short of the $1.02 billion mark in 2019 pre-pandemic. Um, and a lot of that credit, I think, is pretty obvious to point to the titles, Barbie Oppenheimer. Um, I think you can point to a studio that we're going to talk about later with Super Mario Bros uh, making over a billion dollars, Spider-Verse, um, even Avatar early on. I think okay. 2023, 2023 definitely felt like a post-pandemic year where finally at all the projects that were on hiatus and delayed, was almost like a vomit, just like everything all the big directors, all the big movies, all the big stars. It's not just say Top Gun in June, and you know you wait a while for for the next a few months for the next big thing. Mission Impossible was this past year. Speaking of Tom Cruise, so it was just like everything was piled on. um Just great year, yeah. great year movies. And 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 credit like you know studios when
0: when they make good movies and like. I remember seeing Spider-Verse this year. It was a packed house and like lots of laughs, like people applauded when the movie was over and like, like even seeing something like mission impossible, not packed house, but like I went opening night to that and like, there was large crowd for that. There was a lot of fun and yeah, it's just exciting to see, you know, movies returning and like the experience of going to the theater, paying for overpriced popcorn and having a good time catching a flick.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was still largely dominated by franchises, and I I don't see that for movies going away, unfortunately, as far as cinema going to the movies is concerned. Yeah. Um, but, like, the original titles like Barbie, Oppenheimer, Killer of the Flower Moon, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know, like, it's pretty crazy. Like, original titles um, themselves kind of helped carry the the leeway for most of the year um yeah it was just it was just really well, cool
0: and so. i think you had a couple of surprise movies in there too that did well you know like the the barbenheimer thing you know that, that was a fun internet thing that you know rightfully gets a lot of attention but like that movie the faith-based film sound of freedom did quite well for you know a lower budget movie no. uh, you, you think of um Uh, What am I blanking on this here? Uh, It's coming back. It'll come back to me in a moment. But there were a number of movies that like they were the creator. I'm thinking creator. Yeah. Where the creator, the, the creator, it came out. It didn't necessarily crush at the box office, but it did well. And because it had a more affordable budget production budget, it actually did well. And I think it's probably, doing pretty well in streaming i haven't really checked in on it yet
1: but uh, i think it's available for rental i don't know if a service has picked it up yet um but some other titles obviously the big taylor swift you know, yes. movie beyond his concert movie we touched on that maybe the in their in our wonk episode about musicals kind of the, the new era that definitely helped kind of reinventing what event movie going experiences looks like um Little Mermaid, unfortunately, made money. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, people forget. I feel like yeah. ego, that going to be turn do you, though, yeah. but that's better movies, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, John Wick, 4. And Sound of Freedom, actually, the 10th coursing movie. Uh, of really? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, great, great year. We'll, we're going to do a 2024 preview episode coming soon. Um, kind of We'll have some award predictions um, that we'll check on at the end of 2024, see how we did. Um, The reason why, even though it's like the second week, the end of the second week of January, and we still aren't doing a preview episode, is things are still moving. Like, Warner Brothers just moved up a bunch, and Sony just moved up a bunch, even now. Um, And to be honest, whenever when we do post our 2024 outlook, maybe we'll have to redo it in the summer or something, because who knows really like nothing is scheduled from like August to December right now. And I have a feeling with, um, like it kind of sucks to say after such a high of 2023, but I have a feeling due to the actor and writer strikes and all those delays, I have a feeling 2024 is definitely gonna kind of feel like a 2021 2022 year at the box office we do have some notable titles coming which we'll touch on um, in our in our preview episode but it's definitely not I don't think gonna have the splash that well, and and
0: on that note like I'll I'll, I'll maybe you know say, with the lack of big blockbuster films coming, which there's still a good number, yep. there's maybe opportunities for some indie films to come in and, and, you know, pull a sound of freedom type of run and, and take up some of those weekends that, you know, the, the massive movie going audience might not go, but the regular movie going audience might see some films that will surprise them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're definitely gonna get that out soon. Um, but we still have a couple other bonus features to talk about. Unless, Zach, any closing comments on 2023 as we, as we wave goodbye dearly? I'll just
0: say it was a fun, fun year at the box office. I love going to the movies, and you know, I think it's just it's cool that we're getting back to a place where it's normal to go to the movies if people get excited for Tuesday Cheap Night or a yeah. thursday or friday premiere or if you know they are hanging out with their friends on a saturday and then go to a show on sunday it's 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 just it's fun to have that back in culture
1: yeah and uh you know i think just uh, the way of the world moving to it really kind of felt like the first post pandemic year of the movies mm-hmm. um i know like the this Distance seating has been gone for a while, but there was still sometimes mask stuff. For, yeah. But even, like, just the movie delays in general. Obviously, the 2024 delays aren't COVID-related, but just felt like there was more to anticipate as well. Yeah. So, like you said, like, the excitement of doing those things for events. Um, yeah, very fun year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will uh, look ahead to 2024 very soon. Uh, other news, which... I know um, you might be skeptical of this announcement, but I also know you're very fond of this okay. um, live action *How to Train Your Dragon*. This has already been announced for a while now. You and I have talked about it before we started this podcast. But the latest news is Gerard Butler is coming back. Uh, he's reprising his role of Stoic the Vast, Hiccup's father, um, and uh, I believe that release date currently is for summer 2025. So they'll begin filming it sometime this year. Uh, Zach, your thoughts on Gerard Butler, on How to Train Your Dragon, on a live action remake. I think this is the first time DreamWorks is kind of doing something like this. So the floor is yours. You know, I
0: love the How to Train Your Dragon franchise. It's one of my favorite animated movies. I think they're, very well done in terms of story, in terms of animation. I'll sometimes, just for therapy, re the test flight scene with Hiccup and Toothless. Like, just beautifully animated. One of the few movies I saw in theaters in 3D where I felt it was actually worth watching in 3D. Just because yeah. the rocks going everywhere and it just is epic. It was awesome. I am cautious about this live action because it's 100% they're doing it for the money, right? Like, that's why we get these live action remakes and I'm not saying it can't be a great movie but I I just, like I don't feel a, a need to see this movie. I'm going to see it which is the annoying <laughs> part it's so, it's the annoying part because the studios know, even if we don't want it we're going to go see it because we love this franchise. Yeah. I, I think my biggest thing, is it, like, it seeing a live-action How to Train Your Dragon movie, does it provide a new experience? Is it a new form of art in, in some ways? I, I don't know how much of the movie they're going to change, but, like, you know, when they're fighting a big, massive monster dragon, like, how is that going to look? You know, are they going to try and make... You know, toothless, look like a cat. I don't know, but it, it's, I don't know, I, I'm nervous, but like I'm excited. Uh, Gerard Butler being stoic is really cool. I, you know, I'm, I'm like, I like that casting, but we'll see. We'll see.
1: I think it definitely adds a bit more uh, confidence to the movie, um, expectation wise. I don't think, uh, I mean, like, everything, it's based on a book series. Yeah. My my thinking is that they'll go a different direction, you know, because, like you said, I don't know how they could necessarily recreate uh, magic that animation provides. And not necessarily, like, they can still do the, the first flight scene uh, in a live-action version, but as far as, like, that final battle and that mountain um full of dragons like uh i just don't know if that is feasible and also like you said toothless design is going to be that could be sonic the hedgehog that that has potential <laughs> to be sonic the hedgehog all over again so um yeah uh we'll see i i don't know i think it's weird that like this feels like and there probably is others and people will call me it comment if this has happened but i feel like this is the first time other than disney that we're like remakes are being announced and we're like oh like our popular animated franchises like i feel like this is a an interesting turn anyway for for this to be remade um the third one only came out a couple of years ago uh yes it's maybe 2017 now but anyway i feel like it's still fresh in people's minds um, the animated series, it's not like it's been gone for for a while, you know? So,
0: well, it, you know, studios that like to make money, they don't like to take risks. Yep. You know, if they know there's an embedded audience for this franchise, even if it doesn't make a billion dollars, as long as they, you know, make their 500, 600 million out of are they're, they're going to be happy.
1: Yeah. So anyway, we'll stay tuned as uh, I think I believe the kids have been cast. I think um, uh, I, I haven't seen them in too many things. I think one of them was in The Last of Us and one of them has been in a couple uh, you know, horror movies. But um, we'll see, because obviously the casting of the kids is pretty critical, even if you have a veteran actor and Gerard Butler joining. So True. the story is about the kids. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Even though I'd be yeah. all for
0: like, if they want to make a, a stoic prequel movie, okay, I'm sign me up for that. I mean,
1: it would be him killing dragons because that's kind of his character at the time. So I don't know if that would be a kid friendly movie, but I would obviously pay. I would. I would still watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you'd have to retitle it, but how to I'm kill
0: home, a dragon?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How to kill a dragon? We should be bringing these ideas. Yeah, no Um, kidding. (laughs) um, This is kind of a good transition to our feature presentation. And uh, we've wanted to talk about this for a few weeks. But like I said, there's there's some holiday and and health challenges. Um, But our main topic for our feature presentation today is Illumination Studios migration. Now, um, Illumination kind of came out of nowhere. About a decade ago. And has just... Been on a tear. You can make the argument they... Might be the best animated studio right now. As far as commercial success. Not necessarily in quality of movies made. Um, But obviously they kicked off with a home run with Despicable Me. And that's just snowballed into billions and billions of dollars. With the Minions franchise. Um, They did uh secret life of pets which got a couple sequels they did sing which got a couple sequels so uh they're they're rolling it and they got the rights to do the super mario brothers movie which was one of the biggest movies of 2023 as we recently discussed so migration coming out at christmas time you know big year big year for illumination They kind of started with super mario bros and they end it with migration uh what are your thoughts what were your thoughts on this movie, Zach? I guess I'll say, I'll, I'll read the plot summary for those who, who might not know. So, a family of ducks try to convince their overprotective father to go on a vacation a whole lifetime. That's a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: So th- that's all it says? That's the summary, yeah.
0: That's so funny. I, yeah, you know what I get? I... I really enjoyed this movie. It's a fun ninety-minute adventure. If you're a '90s kid and you know ducks going on an adventure were thrust upon you, it seemed uh, with like DuckTales and the Mighty Ducks and you know anything duck-related. Uh, it was. It's a lot of fun. It's the the. I, I I'm not going to say this movie was very character-driven because even like the father duck, spoiler alert here, the the father duck and his, like, his, like, overly protectiveness and cautionness, within, like, the first 10 minutes of the film, the family convinces him to, like, to go, to migrate to Jamaica. <laughs> um And so, like, they they get over that, like, pretty quick. And so, like, it's really just, like, them as a family of ducks going from, like, one you know, scenario to the to the next one, to the next one. They have to like they have to free a parrot that knows the way to to Jamaica, but the parrot is trapped by an evil chef who's cooking other ducks. And then they end up again, this is major spoilers. They end up going to this duck farmer who's farming ducks, who it turns out that's the farm that the chef buys the ducks from. And so, like... It's
1: a lot of drama for some ducks.
0: Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. So then they free all of those ducks. And then they follow They follow the parrot to Jamaica. And they have, like, an epic showdown with the chef. And it's just... Yeah, the, the evil chef was really funny in it. Like, it was, it was really, really charming. And, and, yeah, there's a really cool, like... There is probably a cool development in uh, like there's an older brother duck and a little sister duck and at points in the movies, they have to step up and they have to overcome some of their insecurities, which, you know, was, was pretty cool. And yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it was a fun flick. I hope it does well for my, do you know what its box office is currently? Yeah.
1: So I have some numbers here. So uh the budget was 72 million dollars um and currently worldwide it's at 155 so it has made it back it's it's obviously um not one of their more successful titles however um it's i think it's gonna remain in theaters for at least a little while longer just because of the lull in movies that we have in january i think it's it'll it'll uh, it probably won't reach 200. It could reach 180, though, I think, reasonably. Yeah. Um, I, I could see this movie doing re- really well on streaming also. Yep. Yep. I, I think... Sorry, go so ahead.
0: I'll, I'll just say this. I think this is one of those movies that like, little kids, they'll yep. watch it once, and they'll be like, Mom, Dad, can I watch it again? And it's, it's definitely a rewatchable, fun... It's a pretty simple movie to follow, but it's not like it's not entertaining
1: i think that kind of sums up illumination in a, in a lot of ways simple but entertaining yeah. um you know when i think of illumination studios i think bright colors every yeah. one of their movies is just great bright. and like i said probably on the ranking of animated movies I their disney hall of fame i don't know if any of the current illumination movies would would make it even as good as despicable me one is i just yeah. i but they're entertaining simple but entertaining premises can border on stupid for many but they're not for us they're not for us but uh I, yeah i think that's perfect summary i think you know, they did the Grinch remake. They did the Lorax. Like, they got these Dr. Seuss movies. Um, and they just seem to know what captures kids' attentions, right? I think, um, unlike... Did they some... do Home? Nope, Dreamworks did Home. Okay. Your... I know that's your favorite movie. Um, <laughs> he did, he did. As listeners will slowly discover over time uh, with you. But... Uh, no they did not do home i think i think too with with illumination. it's um they know like they're not unlike dreamworks and disney where you know they're wanting kind of the whole family necessarily like like some maybe adult jokes or nods to deeper themes i think they they've gone in like understanding like hey like simple but entertaining yeah and and i not to say that there is isn't emotional death certainly um there is especially like i said in the actual despicable me franchise with with not necessarily the memes themselves but um i think they they that's a studio that clearly has a vision and has been able to execute um very well uh just to give you like a high overview um they have despicable me me 2 was just under a billion dollars minions one over a billion dollars secret life of pets was 900 million dollars despicable me 3 over a billion dollars minions rise of guru just under a billion dollars super mario brothers 1.4 billion dollars they're they're crushing it they and they only have uh maybe about 12 movies that they've made since coming out of the scene in 2010-2011 with this big Will Me, their batting average is very high as far no as... Accuracy. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, for Migration, I think also part of it too, um, it doesn't necessarily have like full star power. I mean, I am a fan of Kumal Nanjiani, um, but he's not necessarily a recognizable voice, especially for young kids, as, say, like a Kevin Hart or, you know, other people that are uh, in a lot of animated movies. Aquafina, can I just, I don't know who her agent is, but she is in every single movie that comes up. Can I just read you every animated movie that this person has been in? In 2016, she was in Storks. She was in uh, The Angry Birds 2. She was in the Dark Crystal uh, remake. She was in the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. She was Ryan, the Last Dragon. She was the dragon. She was in The Bad Guys. She was in... Uh, she was the the seagull or whatever in the live-action Little Mermaid. And then she's in migration. She has been in so many projects with every single studio. I don't know if she has like dirt on these people, <laughs> but like it's not like she changes her voice. Aquafina has a very distinct Sick. voice. I'm not a big fan of her acting. I know she's in Shang-Chi and she was in Crazy Rich Asians and Jumanji, like, like. She's having definitely a rise to fame, 100%. But like she's in a lot of bird roles. She's in a lot of bird roles, or <laughs> you know, it's yeah, yeah. No, she <laughs> I, she apparently is a type. I mean, she's a spider in the bad guys. I did see that she did yeah. branch out. But, but still, it's like it's like these studios
0: are like, man, we need a voice actor to play like a comical character in a bird movie. Yeah,
1: get get me Aquafina, get her. Yeah, I mean it's like two a year for the past five years <laughs> that she's been in. And it's, it's crazy because she, like I said, she has a great comedic voice and she is good comedically. I don't necessarily think it translates on screen as well uh, when she's acting, but that's just, my nice. I know she her. is popular. Um, in animated movies, she's definitely good. It just feels like every time I turn on a new animated movie, she is a character, and you know it's her. That the it's... it's just there, yeah. So, um, anyway, I just thought that was very humorous because, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. But as far as like, um, Illumination's concerned, I mean, they're still rolling, they got Despicable Me for. Uh, scheduled to come out uh this summer, so that's gonna be on track. And uh, I mean, just to like put it in perspective, uh, last year, uh, I, I mean, they had DreamWorks had Puss in Boots, and that kind of had a late revival at the box office, yeah. Um, and then they had Ruby Gilman Teenage Crack, which. Bombed.
0: Right, I forgot about that That existed yeah, It only
1: made $45 million on a $70 million budget Yeah I guess Trolls at the end of the year um, But even that Hasn't done very well This this latest Trolls And then obviously Disney had Wish Which we covered uh, in December So I would say personally like Illumination seems to be at the front Of the, the animation game In terms of box office You can't argue it, yeah um, anything else about migration specifically that you? Uh, you know?
0: I, I'm I'm really curious to see how this movie is remembered like five years from now because clearly it's not the Illumination mo- like money maker that a Despicable Me or a Minions movie or Secret Life of Pets, right. but like I I would say that this movie has as much heart as any of those movies. So yeah, I'll be curious to see. You know, when kids grow up and and they think to their childhood was migration part of that, or like was it that movie that like oh I never saw that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Um, I don't think you can fault them at least right now as a studio for not creating original things because everything they've made other than like obviously Dr. Seuss adaptations. But they're definitely steamrolling these franchise that get up when they go. They go all in. We're on like the seventh Despicable Me movie. Yeah, and I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a Secret Life of Pets three in development and a Sing three. So I mean, if they think there's opportunity, I would, I'm assuming there's going to be a Super Mario sequel. I would just assume. I mean, that. Yeah, that's a safe assumption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I would assume like they they would be the ones doing that as well so yeah i mean you're right where does where does migration go how does it age where does it land as far as uh post you know movie theater success um it's a it's going to be interesting um i'm kind of surprised at how low it did but i think a lot of families might have thought it was a bit too kiddie over Christmas and cho- chosen to go to Wonka instead. Yeah, that would just be my analysis of it because that's kind of has something for everyone in it. Um, you know, it's a musical, and I know we talked about it, but I ran into some people who said I went to this and I didn't like it because they just started singing and I didn't know it was a musical, and I was like, "Dude, gotta it, listen to the podcast." Yeah, is-
0: told you it? I was at Mean Girls, and the, the people in front of me literally walked out. And the manager told me after the movie, he's like, "They walked out because it was a musical, and they didn't think it was." And I'm like, "That's
1: that. There's gonna be that crowd that just doesn't want to go see
0: a musical, right?" Like, well, and then yeah,
1: and just start talk about we're not marketing musicals anymore. Uh, as musicals, and you're gonna get that. This this didn't have any musicals, right, migration? No, there
0: were some montages in it, like, yes. past, but like there wasn't. Uh, no, the ducks do not sing
1: in the movie. <laughs> well, um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes, and um, I have a feeling this won't be the last time we talk about uh, the Illumination franchise as a whole. Um, but yeah, migration recommend on the couch. Yep.
0: Yeah. I, I put migration in the same level, like migration I think is to this generation of children, to what chicken run was to our generation of children.
1: Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot that's <laughs> that, that came out right. Christmas. I never saw it. Yeah, that's funny. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it was well received. Yeah.
0: So Migration an creative.
1: animated sequel 25 years later. It's bold isn't, yeah. Isn't profitable. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, with that, um, that will be this week's episode. Stay awesome. tuned. Uh, we got coming up, as we said, 2024 Outlook. We'll be doing some DCEU closing thoughts. And memories with uh, <laughs> Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, uh, just because we'll, we're, we're catching up on some Christmas releases here, and and then we'll have uh, obviously some Oscar reviews stuff as that comes out later in the year. But Zach, looking forward to carrying this momentum into 2024. We're Episode four, 2024. It's 9:44. We're it not at the door. We're knocking out the door. Yeah, but what? <laughs> we're not entirely sure, but <laughs> hopefully they answer. Um, and if you're watching
0: this, thanks for tuning on in with us, Casual Couch Critics. Feel free to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And yep. uh, we'll and see you there. can
1: find us, I believe now, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Whoa, so man, we, we are, are getting out there. You know, we were quiet in the releasing. But we were we were expanding when we were in the shadows. So. It's a bold it's a bold
0: strategy when you launch a new show and you don't tell people about it. It's bold bold
1: strategy. <laughs> I mean, our views so far. I mean, thank you to everyone who watches. They've yep. been consistent.
0: Yep. No, we the nine subscribers. We love you guys.
1: Yeah, but, like, our views are all the same on every video. It's true. It's true. It's very true. And that is very (laughs) weird for any YouTube channel. to the same number of views on every single video. Maybe (laughs) someone's doing it intentionally, and if you are, we thank you. We, But you probably have something better to do. (laughs) Or maybe you don't have something better to do. Who knows? In in this case, let us know who you are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Signing off from the couch. That neither of us are sitting on. (laughs) We'll catch you later. Thanks for watching. Peace out.